This is Radio Influence. Podcasting redefined. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin is the go-to person. He has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, and students in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal, to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. And now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm Jim Fannin. My name is Seth, Jim Psychic and producer here on America's Most Positive Podcast in for a, a fantastic episode. Starting with Jim, what's what's on your mind? What's going on? I have a lot on my mind today, Seth. <laughs> I <Okay>. do. <laughs> a lot on my mind. Someone asked me uh, yesterday uh, if you could sum up as swiftly as possible, how do you become successful uh that stopped me in in my tracks that question because they wanted a swift one sentence answer and my immediate reaction was uh this is going to take longer than one sentence it's to be successful And, and then i started really pondering how do you become successful how do you go from good to great how do you go from uh an everyday player to an all-star and how do you go from an all-star to a hall of famer how do you go from a small business owner uh 10 7 8 9 no more than 10 employees and how do you take that into a international corporation with 25,000 employees cracking a billion in sales how do you do that because that all those things have been done how do you go from someone that likes to write who eventually loves to write, and then one day you just wake up and you go, I'm writing my book. And you not only write it, but it's a bestseller. How does that happen? How do you go from good to great? How do you become successful? And the answer is really simple. Uh, Stating it simple, uh, doing it becomes a little more complex. Ready? Drum roll, please. I'm ready. Program your subconscious mind. You program it. You program it for success. You know, Seth, when we were born, uh, our parents downloaded for us a program through both DNA of mom and dad. And so now... We're in the womb, and we're getting ready for our uh, birth, rebirth, our, our renaissance uh, to the world. Uh, but as soon as we take that first breath of fresh air, there's a program that's already been downloaded. Uh, our propensity uh, to how tall we're going to be, how much we're going to weigh, what color eyes we're going to have. But there's also a program uh, for survival. Uh, 
that's built in on getting into a zone state when things are, it's needed to be in a zone state, get you out of trouble or out of danger. That program was built in uh, through DNA. Uh, by the age of five, that program is fully established with your personality. Obviously, in the first 60 months, you know, your environment's got a lot to do with that. Um, but can you reprogram yourself? Can you continue to upgrade the program? Because it, it operates behind the scenes. And the answer is absolutely. And I've spent my whole career helping people program, reprogram, their subconscious mind. But before I get into that, because I, I want to talk about it, uh, how to do it, how to become successful swiftly, and then I want to share some real concrete tools, and then we're actually going to do it here on the air uh, as if I'm coaching everyone individually that's listening. We have two brains. We have our conscious brain that we believe, well, that's my brain. Yeah, I have a brain. And um, uh, some are bigger, some are smaller. Uh, brain typically is in the 10 pound range, at least that's your head. Uh, the brain is actually less weight. Um, but our conscious mind is the brain we think we have. It operates with five senses. It knows right from wrong, good from evil. Uh, it can rationalize. Uh, it thinks in colors and, and uh, feel and touch, taste. Uh, it sees. Uh, it recognizes, and our brain also has a memory. But that's not the success brain. That's not the brain that's really going to help you go from good to great. Now, that brain, fully programmed by the time you're five, that brain is behind the scenes. It's under the surface, if you will. It's called the subconscious mind. <clears throat> and that's the mind that you consciously can program. The subconscious mind controls breathing. Can you imagine? Seth, 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 you got to breathe. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I thought he was going to forget. You know, you'd be dead as a doornail. Show is just so hard because my co host, I'm producer, will not breathe. Breathe, breathe. You've got to breathe. Can you, can you imagine your subconscious luckily regulates breathing? Uh, if you get really hot and our studio is, you know, 120 degrees. We'll both start perspiring. Well, we don't have to think about that. The subconscious uh, controls our air conditioning system to cool the skin. Uh, we perspire, and it controls heart rate, digestion, repairing cells, uh, recreating new cells. If you have an injury, uh, it's in charge of healing. Hopefully, super healing, but definitely healing. And um, the subconscious mind, uh, it really operates behind the scenes. Most of the time, we, we don't pay any attention to it. Um, but there are times to program it uh, that are more conducive for programming than other times. We've talked about it on the air. But what's the number one way to program your subconscious mind so that it is guiding you toward success, toward opportunity? It's steering you away from danger and things that are really are going to harm you and not going to further your career, for sure. Um, what one asset do we have uh, that can facilitate the programming of our subconscious mind? And, and that's called visualization. 
it is the most powerful tool that we possess. And we have free will to visualize whatever you want. doesn't matter. No, no rules there. You can visualize whatever you want. So here's some stats. 60% of your waking hours, 60% of your thoughts are visualizations. And they're coming in a few second bursts up to a minute. What do, what do we visualize? Uh, we visualize about things that we need in our life or sometimes want uh, that we haven't given up on. We visualize food. <clears throat> we visualize sex. We visualize uh, meeting people. Uh, we visualize success. We visualize, unfortunately, failure and uh, not succeeding. Uh, we visualize sex. <laughs> I, oh, I'm, I said that already. Sorry about that. But, you know, constantly we are thinking, but our thoughts are in images. They're in images. So when I say um, McDonald's, not to give them a plug, but what do you see? Well, you see arches, hamburger, or fries. But when I say that word, everybody sees probably something. Most people, 83% approximately, of all humanity, when they visualize, they see it through their own eyes as if they're actually doing it. Then there's 13, 14% that sees things from up above, up on the right side, up above, as if you're looking down on a movie set. And that's how you perceive that hamburger you want to eat. Uh, and then there's one or two percent that go. Well, I I don't see anything. I, I I can't I can't picture anything in my mind. And if you're in that one to two percent, uh, send uh, send me an email. Ask Jim at jimfannon dot com. A S K J I M at J I M F A N N I N dot com. I'll send you a little email on uh, what you can do uh, if you're in that one to two percent. And we may address that later in the show, but you can also send me a private email on that. I'll, I'll do my best to answer it. If you sleep eight hours a night, trust me on the math, Seth, you're awake 112 hours a week. 60% of those waking hours are spent daydreaming. But most of those daydreams are in chaos. They're not synchronized. They're not leading you to a logical place yeah can i can i give a quick example there yeah uh you know a little bit of a cooler day in chicagoland yesterday for summer about 75 degrees and somebody in my neighborhood had just put down fresh sod in their front yard and i walked by that and i instantly thought of my senior year of high school for no other reason than the school just put down fresh sod and you know that didn't necessarily help me go anywhere <laughs> or accomplish any goals but you know my mind just visualize right there. And so, you know, if you're thinking, did I, do I do this? Yeah, trust me, you do it. If, if you go back through the last 24, 48 hours, you saw something in your head, right? Well, just before you got uh, you know, on, on this podcast, you know, think about what you, you were thinking about. And we'll, we'll all see that our thoughts are continuously running in our conscious mind. And unwittingly, we are programming our subconscious for failure or success. Um, we're not even aware of it. I've had people that I know could pass a, a polygraph test. Uh, I'm the extreme optimist. 
Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. But if you really listen to the words, you'd see that they were actually sabotaging themselves, believing that they're confident and positive and, and thinking the right things, but in reality, uh, programming their subconscious mind, which is open 24 hours, unlike your conscious mind, which shuts down when you get into a deep REM state. So you have two brains. You have a conscious mind. Hey, Seth, how you doing? I can look Seth in the eye and, yeah. and, uh, and, and that is aware of everything in this room and uh, coffee's hot and it, it, it tastes this way and uh, it uses all my senses. But the real program that came with your body can be reprogrammed, enhanced for you to be your genuine, authentic best self. And, and that's really what I want to talk about right now is visualization, how it is your most powerful tool. Now, if you're driving your car and listen to this podcast, uh, when I say shut your eyes, obviously you'll keep yours open, right? So don't shut your eyes while driving. But visualization uh, is really more important in your mind's eye, running that movie, seeing only what you want as opposed to what you don't want. So let's go through a couple of examples. Let's say that you operate a small company and it's only got about six employees and it's been in operation, you know, a couple of years. It has moderate success and you're the CEO, but you're the salesperson and you're doing an inordinate amount of uh, uh, work. Uh, but you've got one person on your team that doesn't seem to be pulling their weight. As a matter of fact, uh, it's been brought to your attention uh, by other team members, but also you've consciously seen it. Uh, this person's negative. This person's talking like a victim, and this person's definitely being a judge, judging her circumstances and um, her situation, and it's getting worse. It's not getting better. And I, for the first time, I'm thinking, even though I hired this person, I'm thinking, she's got to go. This is, you know, one rotten apple will spoil the whole barrel. What do I do? Do I let her go? Uh, do I give her a 90-day uh, warning? And, you know, you got to make this change in 90 days. The first thing that's needed is to see this person how you would like for them to be. And that's the hardest thing to do. Because when I see this person in my mind's eye, I see what I don't want and what I don't like and what I believe that the company doesn't need. So I, I need to see in my mind this person more disciplined, this person focused, this person extremely positive. This person cool, especially in a crisis in the, you know, when something happens in the company that we need to act on. And, and I need to see this person really loving to be here and spreading the love to everyone else, uh, an integral part of something greater than themselves. How am I going to do that when reality doesn't give me that feedback? Reality goes, she's got to go. She's got to go. And, and I, I'm encouraging, if, 
every listener, if you're in this situation or if you're in a relationship that for whatever reason just starts to get a little sour and maybe it's complacent and you know maybe uh, you feel the love, the intimacy waver a little bit and you start thinking negative for the first time in that relationship, you start judging this person based on what they've done, what they've said. Um, and that's the first time you've seen this person in this light. Uh, when you fell in love originally, uh, they could do no wrong. And you saw them as Prince Charming or, or the princess, that, uh, the queen, if you will. Uh, whatever you saw them, you saw them initially in the most positive light. And now you're seeing them in a negative light. What do you do? Well, you re-up the vision. You, you start seeing consciously what you want them to be. And you see shared vision. You and I together equal more than a part. Or what's the point? So instead of seeing the challenge, I'm not going to use the P word, P-R-O-B-L-E-M. I, I will say it once, problem. Uh, that actually hurt my throat when I said that, <laughs> Seth. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Wow. That had a bad taste in my mouth, that word. <laughs> but you've got to see the challenge being met and see the solution. And that's what the winner, that's what the champion, they see what will be. And they see it in their mind's eye as if it's so. And they do that in every aspect of their lives. That's an extreme positive person. But that's a person that really is capable of leading a small company and helping that company grow. But you have to see it. Yeah, and you know, if I can just pull a couple of examples of clients you've worked with, seeing it first, you know, with Frank Thomas, he said Hall of Fame his rookie season to you. That's where he wanted to go. And, uh, you know, I was a kid when he started playing. He, he wasn't Hall of Fame material his rookie year. He became that because he could see it first. Uh, you know, Rob Wilson, who we had on the show a couple times, you know, is they're on their way to uh, being a very, very large company in, in their space. Five thousand dollars in sales, the you know the first year. If he walked into a you know a meeting of his peers and said, you know, this is where we're going. By the way, we did five thousand dollars this year. Most people probably would be like, oh, you're <laughs> you got to screw loose, buddy. You know, it's not going to work. But they could see it, and you helped them see it, and then reality followed. Well, it's not only seeing the big ticket items like seeing your career, seeing yourself being successful, uh, but it's also seeing the body weight that you want. It, it's uh, seeing that new diet, uh, and I, when I say diet, I'm not talking uh, a weight loss diet. Just, you know, I'm going to change my food intake. I'm going to eat, eat a few more vegetables and maybe some fish, and I'm going to change up uh, how I eat food. I, I'm going to eliminate a few things that don't serve me well. But I, I need to see me in finished state in my mind. And I think that's the challenge for most of us. We are what we think. So how, how do you go about this? Well, on a sheet of paper, uh, draw some circles. Uh, we've done this before on this show. One blank sheet of paper, and if you don't have access to uh, a pen and pad right now, uh, see this in your mind. One circle. Well, that's yourself. That's just you. And... That's everything about you. It's your routines of 
when you go to sleep, how much sleep you get when you wake up, how you wake up. Uh, It's your food intake. It's what you eat, when you eat. Um, It's your spirituality. It's your religion. It's you. And, And it's every habit that you have, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's every one of them. That self arena. To be your best, what do you think you need? What what is the missing link for you? Just in your self arena. This doesn't have anything to do with a spouse or your company. This is looking in the mirror. What do I need? Uh, do I need clarity? Do I need discipline? And, and you know, we do our zone cafe. We do that at the end of every show, but I need to see that balanced, that one aspect that I'm, I'm looking for. I need to see it in place. I need to see me disciplined and picture what it is, what that'll be like well before I'm going to have self-discipline. I need to see me confident, standing in front of a crowd, giving a speech with confidence, no notes. I need to see that before I can get up on stage and do that. And yes, I may need to practice. Yes, I may need to have a few uh, trial balloons, if you will, a couple of dry runs. Uh, And maybe I need to be videoed so I can go back and inspect it and maybe have it critiqued by a professional. Or maybe I can critique myself. I'd get someone else as well. What do you need in your life? Look at your personal finances. You know, if you want to make money, well, you got to think about money. What do you want? And when you get what you want, what are you going to do with it? And, and why do you want it? And why do you need it? You know, everybody goes, oh, I want to be rich. I want to be a billionaire. Why? Why, why do you want that? Why, why, are you, why do you need that? Because television and movies and, and magazines and newspapers say the billionaire mindset is what we're after. It used to be millionaire. Now it's billionaire. I'm sure at some point we'll have our first trillionaire. But what is success for you And in terms of finances? Do you really need more than what you need? Do I need more than that? Well, yes, I should have an emergency fund. I should have a savings account just in case one day I don't want to work anymore or maybe I'm not able to work anymore. But you have to see this in your mind. So it's more than having a blueprint, Seth. It's seeing the blueprint on a regular basis. How do you program your subconscious? It takes repetition. And the more you see it and the more repetitive and the more consistently you can see it, the more it's going to be programmed. Why, why is that? Because every thought you have, um, every single thought is recorded by your subconscious mind and it's replayed at night in the last 30 minutes. There's a download, if you will, a data dump. And um, that data dump happens once or, or twice. But uh, uh, if you think about what you want in that 30 minutes prior to sleep, uh, that's replayed 15 to 20 times each time you think about it. 
So the, one of the challenges I have with all my clients is helping them become repetitive in consistent positive thought. That's the challenge. That's the common denominator of every challenge of over 2,500 clients that I've had in my career. How do I get repetition of positive thought? And how do I make it realistic in my mind? And why does visualization work to begin with? Well, it works for only one reason. If I fell asleep right now, I'm yawning here. I'm, excuse me, Seth, I'm going to take a short nap. I'll be right back, all right? I'm going to shut my eyes, and, and I'm just going to take a short nap. I hope I don't have a nightmare. I hate when that happens. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. I, I wake up, and I'm sweating profusely. My heart's pounding out of my chest. Wow, that was so real. You mean to tell me that what I thought while I was asleep, what I visualized, that movie that played, my subconscious mind did not know the difference between fantasy and reality, so it activated my body of sweating, heart rate increase, breathing increase, eyes dilated, hair standing on end. Whoa, there's nobody here. There's nobody in the room. The subconscious mind, which we can program for failure or success, does not know the difference between fantasy and reality. That's the great news. You know what the bad news is? The subconscious mind does not know the difference between <laughs> fantasy and reality. That's the bad news because I can start thinking like a victim. I can start thinking like a judge. I can put woe is me. I can put negative images of what's going to happen in a negative way. As soon as I go around this corner off into the unknown, I think this is going to happen. Oh my gosh, this is going to be bad. This is going to be terrible. Oh, I, oh my God, I don't know what to do. What do I do? And here I go seen something that hasn't happened and my subconscious doesn't know fantasy from reality? What if I go to sleep like that? Well, that negative's replayed 15 to 20 times. And here's the kicker. Here's the real deal. If I start thinking the same thing, bad or good, good or bad, seven to 10 days in a row, it, it puts pressure on my subconscious mind. It almost freaks it out, and then it will do anything and everything in its power, and it is all-powerful, to manifest whatever it is into, into its physical equivalent, even if it's bad for you. You need to think about what you think about. We need to be careful what we think about. And we also need to understand that the news, the media, um, everything that we read, those are all influencers who we hang out with, those people, positive people, good people, negative people, whatever people are influencers. But we have to give them permission. If someone passes on something negative to me, if I take it as fact and replay it in my mind, and of course every time I pass it on, 
I'm also replaying it. It may turn into reality in my own mind. But I have to give permission. Surround yourself with positive people. Surround yourself with successful people. Mama's right. Birds of a feather flock together. Mama was right. Be careful who you hang out with. She was so right, and I didn't want to listen to her all the time because he was funny, and he was a good time, and my buddy, and wow, we had some crazy times. Yes, we did. Did that serve me well? No, it did not. She was right. You know, and I think a lot of times we tend to think the opposite about being around positive people. You know, there's a fairly famous story, you know, in the movie industry that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, who, of course, both have gone on to win Oscars, at the end of eighth grade, they had done paper routes and odd jobs, and they had $6,000 in a joint bank account so that they could make little homemade movies. And the the way not to think about that is, huh, what are the odds that those two guys growing up in a blue-collar neighborhood in Boston, like that these two great filmmakers happen to be born next to each other, and the way we ought to be thinking about that is they both had a vision of where they were going, and they enhanced each other's vision. Oh, I remember my father, I, I asked him point blank, so dad, uh, do we have a college fund? He started laughing at me. A college fund? There's no college fund. The only way to go to college for you is to get a job and put yourself through college or get a scholarship. There's no college fund. It's right there between your ears. There's your college fund between your ears. That was cold reality. And I could have thought like a victim right then. Oh, wow. I'll never go to college. I'm not going to be a college graduate. I won't amount to anything. That's not what happened. I got a job, and in one year, I made more money than my mother and my father. I'm 14. And my parents had five jobs between them. I made 42 grand. Both parents did not make 42 grand. How, how did that happen? What, what, what caused that to happen? They gave me a challenge, and I only saw the solution. But that was my parents. They looked at solutions. We were poor. Mommy, are we poor? You hungry? No. Well, then you're not poor. Okay. It was a state of mind. Poverty is a state of mind. Wealth is a state of mind. Success is a state of mind. Change your mind. Change your lot in life. Some of us right now are at a crossroad. We know what we don't want. We know what we do want. And we're not sure what to do to get to what we want. But we know what we don't want. I don't want these bills. I don't want to live in this house anymore. I don't even like this neighborhood. I don't want to live in this city anymore. I don't want this job anymore. But look at me, just talking like that. Am I putting success in my mind? Or am I saying what I don't want over and over and over again? And my subconscious goes, oh, so that's what you want. I can make that happen. I'll keep you a victim. And that's how you don't get out of poverty. 
That's how you don't get out of a non-successful situation or condition or circumstance. The hard way for most of us is seeing a positive when we just got hit in the face with adversity. That's the tough challenge. And we're all at that crossroad at some point in our lives. We all have milestones that were breakthroughs, and we can look back and see it. This show is about extreme positivity. But if this really is the most positive show, then all the listeners, the Zoniacs, must be the most positive listeners on the planet, or it's not the most positive show. You are the show. Seth and I aren't the show. You're the show. This is your show. Where do you want to go? And we've gotten great feedback from AskJim at JimFannon.com. Thank you so much for our mailbag telling us what you want. We got great feedback from the survey. But you need to ask yourself every day, what do I need to adjust? What do I need to change? How do I need to think to go where I want to go? And extreme positivity is the way. There's four different types of visualization. And again, visualization works because your subconscious does not know the difference between fantasy and reality. And it can be programmed for success or failure, for success with repetition, definitely thinking what you want in the last 30 minutes before you drift off into a deep sleep. But you can also get relaxed during the day, carve out three or four minutes and get peaceful and get your breathing down to six to eight. Ah, take a deep sigh of positivity. And you can picture whatever you want. And maybe you're called a daydreamer. I've been called that in my lifetime. No, you're just daydreaming. You're a daydreamer. Yeah, I'm a daydreamer. I am. I realize that I'm awake 112 hours a week. And if you sleep eight hours a night, you're awake 112 hours a week with me. 112 hours of conscious thought. What can we accomplish in that 112 hours? Well, automatically, over 60-some hours, pushing 70 hours is spent daydreaming about things that are going on in your life you haven't given up on. You're going to daydream anyway. Why not daydream about what you want? Why not daydream success in finished state? That's how you change your life. And that's how you choose the right pathway at that crossroad. Everybody, all of us, each of us, every one of us, Walk up to a crossroad. I can go left. I can go right. Sometimes that crossroad has more than uh, two pathways. There might be five. Wow, that's a crossroad if there ever was one. That's crossroads. Which way do I go? Do I go where my friends go? Do I go where uh, the wind blows, uh, the wind of uh, trending, and the wind of what most people would do? Or do I take that pathway that no one's been before? That goes back to our 
pioneer segment or settler segment. Which pathway do I go? Your intuition, subconscious mind, will whisper in your ear, go down that pathway. And then you either go down that pathway or you start visualizing, oh, if I go down that pathway, I could get injured, I could get hurt. And you start seeing all the things that could go wrong and I'll be the only one down there. I won't have any friends and I'm not sure I can make it down there by myself. Wow. The mind is an amazing thing. Control it. You have free will. Control your mind. Now, on that sheet of paper, what body weight do you want to be? What kind of food do you want? What muscle mass do you want? Right, there's restrictions on different body types. There's no question. I'm not going to be seven foot tall. I've been, <laughs> been working on that. I'm, I'll be 69 my next birthday, so seven feet tall. I've pretty much given up on that. My growing has stopped. But look into your relationships. Look into you as a parent. What do you want in your children? See what you want as opposed to what you don't want. That's really the message. There's four types of visualization. The first type is task imagery. It's saying the same thing over and over again. And for you golfers, 10-foot putt, two cups, right to left. Get in your golf cleats, get your putter, put the putter on the ground, see the ball, take one look at the cup, unhinge your jaw, slightly breathe, and with very little movement but your shoulders, move the putter, roll the ball, end over end, and it curves two cups right to left. Make sure you hear the sound, go into the cup, and then repeat it again. And then repeat it again. And then repeat it again. Task imagery over and over again. But you can see an opening of a speech. You can see how you're going to close a speech. Task imagery. One unit of work. Seen it. In finished state with repetition. Over and over and over. One part of your golf swing. One part of a tennis swing. The stroke in tennis. See how you're going to open. Seeing your follow-through. Whatever the challenge is in your, in your life, seeing that one piece, repetition, 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 and finish state. Task imagery. I do this with every athlete. Task imagery. And then there's situational imagery in your mind. And as little kids, we've all done that. Uh, from seeing a, a wedding, I'm eight years old, and uh, may, maybe females see it more than males. I don't know. I'm a male. But you see your life. You see playing professional baseball. You see uh, yourself bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, and you're at the plate. And it's real. And you hit a home run. And you run the bases. And you jump into the arms of your team. They hold you up in the air. We've done that on the playground. Alone. Alone basketball on a basketball court. Outside. Nobody around. Five, four, three, two, one. And you launch it. It's up. 
If you miss it, I was fouled. I was <laughs> fouled. Yeah, you're always fouled if you miss it. But if you make it, you feel it. You fist pump it. You go through that dress rehearsal. That is situational imagery. That's seen as situation, seen strategy, seen tactics, seen them in place. And then there's symbolic imagery. I do that quite a bit. Super healing uses symbolic imagery. Seeing yourself at a mountain lake, feeling how cool it is, seeing a moose on the far end of the lake, all kinds of different imagery uh, that's symbolic of you being successful, you being relaxed, you being calm. I use symbolic imagery quite a bit. And at another show, we'll actually have a session where I'll guide you in symbolic imagery. And then the last type of visualization aftermath. This is the one where most of us eliminate the aftermath. The aftermath. After I'm successful, now what? You know what? Uh, Shaquille O'Neal just kind of came out with a story about how he really needed this early on in his career. And he, he was a player, obviously, who had, you know, world champion uh, and later on was a, a very smart money manager. Gets his first million dollar check. He's 20 years old. Doesn't think about the fact that he owes, you know, his agent 15%. He owes taxes on that money. And he said all he could see waiting for that check to come in was spending a million dollars. So he goes out in the morning and buys three Mercedes, totaling a half a million dollars, him, his mom, his dad, which, hey, I mean, that's a really nice thing to do. And then he goes and buys TVs, jewelry, and furniture all afternoon until his checkbook said he'd spend a million dollars. Next day, he gets a call from the bank. Uh, you know, not only uh, did he spend the money he owed to his agent owed in taxes, He'd overdrafted by about $70,000. And, you know, the bank knew that obviously he was going to have a massive career and just said, okay, um, we're just going to have a grown up conversation. We see how you can make this mistake when you're 20, but you need to get a coach in this. Like, you need to get somebody to coach you on how to do money. And it changed his whole life. But all he could see is I get a million dollar check, I spend a million dollars. Unfortunately, he spent a million seventy thousand dollars in well, a single day. Look at the people that have had. Um Short-term success, Mike Tyson, yeah, uh, Lance Armstrong. How about my client, A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez? But look at Alex. Alex, uh, first-round draft choice, couldn't miss. I coached him 14 years. First time I met him, he visualized winning the batting title. He visualized being on a late-night talk show, introduced as the new superstar. He visualized making the all-star team. Not a bad visualization when he was hitting 226 and uh, his team was getting ready to send him back to the minors. That was in April 1996. But the aftermath is once I am at the apex or the pinnacle of my career, now what? What's after that? Because things change. Getting there is one thing. That's one paradigm shift for most people to climb that mountain, get to the very top. But the realization that once you do become successful, the only footprints you see typically are your own. It can be very lonely 
at the top. And a lot of athletes have uh, learned that the hard way. And they didn't have a backup. They didn't see the aftermath of their success. Success uh, of what we think it is, well, it can be very fleeting. So the aftermath. So I'm going to do X, Y, and Z at the end of the year. We're going to have this third quarter awesome. We're going to crush our numbers. And 2018 will be the best year ever. Okay, now what? It's always next. There's always a next. But do you see savings? Do you see making an investment to diversify your company in case there's tough times? Do you see yourself digging the income stream deeper? Or do you go out and start spending money because you're successful? And if you look at the Mike Tysons, who became the world champion through hardship, through tough times, visualizing the, the title, I was there in Vegas when Tyson knocked out Trevor Burbick. I was right there at ringside. I saw it. It was scary. It was like, oh my gosh. You know, Trevor Burbick walked out in, in a robe and Tyson walked out with a towel with his head cut, you know, in the middle of the towel draped over him like a gladiator. Everybody in the arena was scared, including Trevor Burbick, and um, Tyson knocks him out. But it wasn't that long later. In Japan, Buster Douglas knocked Tyson out. Buster Douglas, a journeyman who did nothing in his career after that victory. Tyson didn't even train. He was partying the night before he got knocked out. <laughs> so we just had a little bit of a break there on the podcast. We're back now. And, you know, if you were wondering, is Jim really open 24-7 like Denny's? Do athletes hit him up? Do business leaders hit him up all the time? That just happened. And I, I got to say, I, now I'm fine. Like, we've got a professional catcher who's fired up. And because that professional catcher is fired up, I'm fired up. And it was, man, that was perfect timing because it was all about visualization. This phone call you just had of overcoming an obstacle and well, getting it, to the all-star game. Well, it, it, it's about an individual that's at a crossroad, just like we're talking about. And at that crossroad, you know, sometimes we don't want to be there. I don't want that decision. I just want the pathway to be easy. Life's not easy. There's all kinds of stimuli, external, internal, that we run a gauntlet through these stimuli. It's bombarding us constantly. People, other people, trying to get us into a different mindset. You got free will. This person that just called, he's got free will. I'm fired up. And now he's fired up. But this person was at a crossroad. And he's going to take advantage of where he is. He knows what path to take. And he needs to put the blinders on. See only what he wants, not what he doesn't want. And we all are faced with this. We all wake up in the morning, periodically, going, what am I doing? Do I, 
Do I want to live here? Who are these people that I'm living <laughs> with? Who, who are these people? And wh- where am I going? I, I remember waking up like this at 3 a.m. in the morning. I had been on the pro tennis tour coaching the best in the world full-time, 48 weeks full-time. And I remember waking up 3 in the morning, and I didn't know who I was. I didn't know where I was, and, and I didn't know why I was there. <laughs> and, and, and it's in the, I didn't know anything. It was terrifying. And, and I, I looked on the phone, and it was in Spanish, and I thought, am I in Spain? I, I then had a flashback that I was in Stockholm recently, which I was the day before. But I didn't know what I was doing or who I was with. And I remember getting on the phone, calling down, going, can you tell me where I am? And she tells me the name of the hotel, and I go, can you tell me the city and the country? And she thought, you know, I, I must be drunk or something. It's three in the morning. Maybe, maybe the guy's out of his mind. And she says to me, you're in Caracas, Venezuela. And then cold reality. I realized where I was, who I was coaching, what I was doing. And I made up my mind right that minute. I'm done. I'm done. I'm getting off the merry-go-round. I've had a great run, eight years, 48 weeks a year, traveling the world, waking up in every city and every hotel, great life, great friends, great fun, great success, but I was at a crossroad, and I, I needed to make a decision, and we all face that crossroad. Use visualization to choose wisely. And once you choose that route, continue positive visualization. Will it be easy? No. Will it be easy for the person that I just hung up with? Actually, just hung up on? <laughs> no. True. No. It's not going to be easy. Can he do it? Absolutely. See what you want, not what you don't want. Stop thinking as a victim. Stop being a judge. Starve those two people. And they're, they're in all of us, the victim and the judge. It's time to start feeding the champion. And feed the champion positive images, positive visualization. Be relentless. And when everyone else is visualizing doom and gloom, be that one beacon of hope. You have that ability with free will. Is this America's most positive podcast? Now, that's up to the audience. That's not up to me. That's not up to Seth. Seth's got no, Seth, you've got nothing to do with this. Neither do I. I'm just a messenger boy. That's all. It, it's, it's you listening right now that you've got an opportunity to truly be your genuine, authentic best self. And you have the opportunity to influence other people, the people in your home, the people in your company, the people in your neighborhood, your next-door neighbor, the lady that lives behind you, the person that lives in front. How are you doing? I'm awesome. 
You have that ability. Create a tsunami of positivity. They say drop a pebble in the water and see the ripple effects. Forget that. Do a cannonball. Grab both ankles, jump up right in the middle of it, and start a tsunami of positivity, of positive images, positive visualization. Come on, we got free will. There's no rules here. Well, there is one rule. You know what that rule is? There are no rules. That's the rule. There are no rules to being successful. You don't need to make a billion dollars. You don't need to make a million dollars. You get to determine what success is. Am I ranting today? I am ranting today. I am. I'm on a rant. You know why? Because I woke up and I'm looking at our world of all these negatives, all these challenges, so many P-R-O-B-L-E-Ms. Seriously? Come on. I've lived on a dirt floor and thought I wasn't poor. I, I drank well water. Nothing wrong with that. I, I've gone to the bathroom in an outhouse. I've had no television. But I didn't think I was poor. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Dad. You were the pioneers for me. You were the ones that saw a different life. You were the ones that gave me hope. You were the ones that gave me glimmers of positivity every step of the way. For my first conscious awareness of you, my mom and dad. Yeah, I'm blessed. I really am. I'm blessed to have parents. I'm blessed to have friends that are positive. Surround yourself with positive people and start flooding your mind with visualization. Four different types. Why does it work? Subconscious doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality. How do you become successful? Program your subconscious mind. How do I do that? You got free will. There's no rules. Think whatever you want. You get to choose. How cool is that? Do some people have crosswords, crossroads more challenging than others? Yes. Sometimes we get dealt some poor cards. What do you do? Bluff. You bluff. The best poker players in the world fold their hand 60, 65% of the time, and they can bluff. They're always, always thinking positive, tactically, strategically, and they're not tipping their hand that their hand sucks. It, it doesn't happen to the best in the world. I'm fired up. Let's talk about who's in the zone. How about this, Seth? Do you like Italian food, Seth? <laughs> you know, I think almost everybody likes Italian food, and I'm in the almost everybody category. So you yes. like Italian food. What if we stopped the show right now, we fueled up our private zone jet, and I take you to Venice for an Italian dinner? That would be uh, an abnormally good Thursday. <laughs> uh, well, this happened to Serena Williams. Uh, obviously recently married, a child, uh, lost in the finals of Wimbledon. Uh, she wanted some Italian food, and that's exactly what her husband did. Uh, he uh, swiftly flew her to Venice and uh, 
she had Italian food. Uh, I would say uh, that's not for everybody, <laughs> but she's in the zone. You know what? But whatever that is in your own primary relationships, that starts with seeing yourself as an awesome, you know, romantic partner, as an awesome parent, as an awesome son or daughter. Like you got to see yourself as that because this kind of stuff, it, you're not just going to do it by reflex. You've really got to see it. Well, let's talk about Matt Carpenter. He's on a hitting streak. Uh, the Cardinals have fired Mike Matheny. Their, uh, their manager fired them. A uh, the little bit of turmoil. Uh, but they won uh, last week, 18-5 to win. Carpenter became the second major leaguer ever. Five for five, three home runs, two doubles in a game, seven RBIs, four runs scored. He went 11 for 20 with each of the 11 hits going for extra bases. Matt Carpenter, even in turmoil with your team, you're in the zone. And uh, Matt, think about what you think about when you're aware of being in the zone. You're not in it anymore. Stretch that rubber band a little bit further. And if it breaks, Matt, take out another rubber band of the zone and start yourself a new streak. But congratulations, you're in the zone. Uh, let's talk about the British. Yes, the British. Well, congratulations to the first Italian, Francesco Molinari. Congratulations. You won the Claret Jug, British Open at Carnoustie. And uh, that's pretty amazing. But the world was waiting, watching 42-year-old Tiger Woods. He sent an electric charge to the golf world. When he briefly moved into sole possession of the lead, he hasn't done that for years. Midway through his final round, yes, you know, at the Carnoustie Golf Links, 14-time major champion, double bogeyed on the 11th hole, stumbled through another bogey on 12, and it popped like a bubble. I'm in the zone. I'm not. Eventually finished in a tie for six, three shots behind the Italian winner. Uh, so here's the deal. Tiger was in the zone. He gave us a glimpse of a uh, world champion, the best in the world. But even Tiger Woods, who has that pedigree, that bubble burst. And I'm certain when he had that double and then followed it with a bogey, he started seeing what he didn't want. And at that time, he probably thought, uh, I've lost the Open. I can't tell you what Tiger thought at that moment but he definitely wasn't thinking extreme positivity. Chin up. Next, that's the battle cry. Uh, the bookies uh, that are the gambling uh, mavons, they're uh, saying 16-1, uh, to 1, he's going to win the PGA. At least he got a taste. We'll see if that really uh, uh, whets his appetite for wanting more, and uh, we'll see at the next major how will Tiger do. But he was in the zone briefly. But the shout-out really goes to the Italian, Molinari. And who really just achieved a standard and achieved that standard throughout the tournament. Uh, he didn't have any bogeys. He just played consistent golf, and that was enough to win. Okay, so we, we might get a little cry of bias here if, if we're going into the next one because this team technically hasn't played anybody yet. But I, I thought it was very interesting. Sports Illustrated had a, an, a write-up about how smooth and how snappy the Chicago Bears training camp is going as we're getting towards NFL season here. And even though a game hasn't been played, you know, one of the top sports publications in the world is saying, okay, new coach, 
these guys look really good. And that really is synchronized visualization across, you know, a team. And again, they haven't played anybody, but if the major sports publications are sitting up and taking note, that means that the leadership is casting a vision that the team's buying into. Well, Chicago Bears, so you're in the zone in training camp. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens when the money's on the table. But that's a good start uh, so that you can look in the mirror and say, yes, I'm part of the best prepared team in the NFL. And that goes a long way on bolstering your optimism, your confidence, and, and your trust in, in your fellow team members. Uh, that's a good start. But again, Money's not on the table yet. Uh, then you execute the basics. Then you'll pick up the money. Who else is in the zone? You know, we do have to uh, talk about Daniel Ponce de Leon, who was a minor league pitcher a year ago that took a pitch to the head and really lost some memory for a while because of the fact that he had to have brain surgery. And that could have been it. You know, you talk about you got to see yourself healed. After well, he had, he had surgery May 9th, 2017. That's relatively uh, a short time ago. Yeah. He, now, he was in AAA at the time. He comes back. He makes uh, the majors. Fractured skull. And fra- yeah. I mean, bleeding th- on the brain. Th- these are some very significant physical challenges. That and maybe- he spent a week in intensive care, I might add. And he comes back and throws a seven-inning no-hitter. Seven innings, no hits. This is after probably most people, including maybe even his, you know, his parents and his wife didn't think he was ever going to play again. Daniel, That's his own performance. Daniel, you're in the zone. Congratulations. Keep it going. And uh, success, well, it's getting up one more time from defeat. Daniel Ponce de Leon, congratulations. Hopefully you can stay in the zone. And we've got to give a a shout out to Verizon. And I do think this is a great example of a team being in the zone together. Every cell phone company is trying to get to 5G right now, which you're like, okay, so there's another letter by my phone or whatever. It's 4G now. Well, this can be up to 10 times as fast for uh, your your cell phone service, which, I mean, who doesn't want that, right? (laughs) Uh, Count me in. I'm raising my hand. So. Yeah, everybody wants it. Ten times faster. Verizon's testing it in Sacramento and L.A. and then two other cities by the end of the year. They haven't announced which ones. Chicago would be great. Verizon, if you wanted to come this way. Uh, But everybody wanted it, and Verizon executed on that goal, and they're there first. You know, that's it. They just executed on the basics. I love it. Verizon, you're in the zone. We'll see how that pans out. We'll see who catches up with Verizon. Competition is ferocious for that uh, 5G. Uh, But the first one, that's the difficult one. That's the challenging one. And uh, Verizon, you're in the zone. And of course, we are America's most positive podcast. So before we get to the Ask Jim mailbag and the the score check, wooden tires. How is this good news? Wooden (laughs) wooden tires. What are we, 200 BC? Does it sound like something out of the Flintstones? Is this creating the wheel Uh, again? Wooden tires. Uh, explain to me, Seth. I don't get it. What's this wooden tire thing? So Michelin, the the French company that's the uh, you know the dominant force in the tire comp- the tire company world, right? Uh, the company with a baby in the tire. The, that's the one. So the baby's now going to be in wooden, in wooden tires? tires. Yikes! They've figured out a way to do a, a sustainable tire made out of wooden chips, so it's more recyclable, it's more renewable, and they're going to have the and of of course it's going to help their profits quite a bit, and they're going to have this thing ready by 2020. Uh, you're not going to be able to look at it and say, that's a wooden tire. They just figured out a way to be better. Yeah, but, but here's their vision. You know what yeah. Michelin has visualized? 
Now think about this. Michelin visualized making one set of tires that will last you a lifetime. What? One set of tires for a lifetime? They visualized that, and that's what they've created. So that's part of their effort to make that a reality. One set of tires. The subconscious pulled them to a place that nobody else would have thought to go. Yeah, a renewable ingredient in the product. Uh, it's expected to help curb the tire industry's dependency on oil. Wood ingredients are also expected to drastically lower production costs. Jim, you've seen those those clips on TV or you've seen online of like the the floating plastic trash in the ocean. And it just, uh, you know, we're making this positive uh, podcast. First of all, I, I just saw that uh, from the Dominican Republic. Uh, floating trash in the ocean. It was shocking, really. Uh, I, I, it was unfathomable that our ocean was like that. I just saw that on YouTube, and uh, it, it was disturbing to see those images of the ocean full of garbage. Well, you know what? Chris and Laura Moriarty, they're two people that had not tackled any huge project before. And when you want to talk about visualization, pulling you into an, a, new, a new arena in life. They're taking plastic trash and they're using a 3D printer to custom make prosthetics uh, for children who are missing a limb in developing nations. And so they're taking trash out of the ocean for their, their nonprofit. It's called the Million Waves product, uh, Project. Yeah, check this out. Check out the Million Waves Project. Yeah, tra- pretty pretty uh, lofty vision of uh, not only... Uh, prosthetic limbs for the needy, uh, but also uh, helping with ocean pollution, win-win. Yeah, and again, like Michelin, they saw something that nobody else saw. And finally, we've got to talk about this young gentleman who had just refused to let a challenge cost him his job. Brand new job at a moving company. Yeah, his car broke down, and uh, the, the night before... Uh, his first day on the job at this moving company. His car broke down, and uh, Walter Carr, Walter attempted to walk 20 miles to work. He left at midnight, I mean, can you imagine, to arrive the next morning on the first day at work. He was not going to let the challenge of no car get in his way of not showing up. And um, he was befriended by a police officer who bought Walter Uh, a hot breakfast, and then drove him the last 10 miles. Uh, So kudos uh, out to the police. That's pretty amazing unto itself. And then the next morning, uh, this story has been around for a couple of days now, Luke Marklin, the CEO of the moving company, handed Walter keys to his own 2014 Ford Escape and told him to keep it. Can you imagine? so awesome. Wow, Luke Marklin, you're in the zone. Walter Carr, you're in the zone. And this entire moving company, you're in the zone. And if I'm going to move and I'm in that city, I'm using that moving company. That's extreme positivity. You know what? And this story happened, you know, going back to to the CEO here, because he was in a certain mindset because he could see the good of his company. He could see his company changing the lives of his employees. And he wasn't just weighed down by, Oh, I'm going to be Eeyore and the world's so bad. He could 
he could see a better future for himself, his employees, and his customers. And because he could see that because of his selflessness, I mean, holy cow, they just got millions and millions and millions of dollars of free advertising. And you certainly hope that their business goes up like crazy because they deserve it. And, and Walter Carr, think about it. Uh, his transportation, gone. Wow. He could have phoned that in. He could have yeah. stated the truth of what happened. But he saw himself being successful at this company. He saw himself being there on time and nothing was going to get in the way. He was not a victim of the circumstance or the condition or the situation. And he was definitely not a judge. Uh, Walter Carr, you're a champion and you were in the zone. You really spawned this great, great feel-good story. Congratulations. And by the way, if you find yourself up against a major obstacle, there's a tool that Jim's got that you're going to want to use that we want to give you. We're going to go ahead and keep the survey open one more week here. We want to give you in exchange for taking our 60-second listener survey. Tell us a little bit about you. As the show is growing, we want to know you know, kind of who you are, what's going on, and just how you're implementing the score system in your life. This is right in the show notes of the podcast, so you can check it out right there. It's in the email, uh, if you get the email weekly from Jim. And you know, we're looking at the data. It really does take you 60 seconds, just some basic information on what's going on and how you're doing with the score system. And we would love to give you that tool. We're going to keep it open one more week, 60 seconds, and you'll be able to uh, get that tool right now. You can swipe over or check out the uh, in your podcast player or check out the uh, email that Jim sends out every week, and you can grab it right there. Right now, there's somebody in your life. There's one person, male or female. There's one person that needs a helping hand. There's somebody in your life that needs a, a bolster of self-discipline, an increase in their own concentration, a big shot of positivity in terms of their optimism. There's somebody in your life that needs to chill out, relax, breathe, and have a little more peace. There is somebody in your life that needs to have a bounce in their step and a smile on their face. And you know what? You can deliver that with a kind word, a helping hand, a positive nod, a note, an email, a short phone call. But even more importantly, there's somebody in your life that needs someone else to see them successful. Every thought you have is being broadcast. Every thought is kinetic energy. And if I'm with you in the, in the room with you, uh, every thought has a reaction physically. You're readable. You're broadcasting that you're sad or happy. Every thought you have also is broadcasting emotions. I can feel that you're sad, or I can feel that you're happy, even if you're being poker-faced. But the one thing that is a reaction to every thought that we have is that intuitive vibe. And that's an integral part of visualization. Seeing other people achieve what they might not think they can achieve. Seeing another person happy when they're not happy. Seeing another person successful when they just got knocked down. Seeing somebody else in the zone 
when they're absolutely not in the zone. And we have free will. Who in your life could you give that visualization to? That's a great gift. No one even knows it. Just shut your eyes, unhinge your jaw, relax your tongue, and see one person in your life successful, someone that's not successful, at least according to themselves. See them positive. See them achieving their dream. And that's my gift to you so that you may give that gift to someone that you care about. See what you want, everyone. It's time that we start spreading positivity. It's not just from the show, and it's not just into your mind. Become an influencer of thought. If somebody asks you how you are, upgrade your hello. I'm awesome. That's going to shock and uh, put someone in awe of you. They may even go, what's up with you? But you've now influenced that person. Smile more. Hug more. Give positivity more. And stop passing negative news. Start passing child problems and giving them to other people. Start picturing not only what you want for yourself, but start picturing what other people need to be their genuine best self. So, Seth, let's, uh, let's go to the Ask Jim uh, mailbag. We got any mail? We do, and you know this is a little bit of a preview as well because there is a back-to-school episode coming up, which I'm really looking forward to, and I think that's going to be valuable to uh, a lot of people, including you. You can send your, your comments, your feedback, your thoughts. Ask Jim at JimFannon.com. Ask Jim at JimFannon.com. Hey, Jim, my kids are going into junior high and high school, and I want them to have a true champion year, which means having just a few goals and not getting too busy so that they can really succeed. I know that there's so many options for them to sign up. How do I help them have just a few goals in their blueprint and stick to it? You know, the first, I just made this recommendation to uh, a high school sophomore uh, who uh, is going to be a junior. I guess that this person is a junior now, uh, coming this fall. Uh, but he went to the bookstore. Uh, he got a book, and uh, one that he knows is on a reading list. And he's going to start reading right now. It's still July. So he's going to start honing his craft of being able to read and remember and then eventually recite uh, whatever questions uh, are spawned from that book from the teacher. Uh, my recommendation right now, if you do have a child that will be going to school, they're not in school routine right now. And we'll talk about that at another time. But right now, if you can get them to read anything, it could be a comic book, uh, any kind of book, whatever their choice is, uh, take them to a bookstore, uh, go online to Amazon, find something that they like and get them back into reading before school starts. So you got to get back into the reading uh, aspect, which obviously school is a big part of reading and reading is a big part of school. But I will tell you this, reading a book is a zone experience. Remember reading that book and you take on the personality of one of the characters and maybe it's a scary book or, or a, a thrilling book or a dangerous book or a love 
story book, but you take on the feelings, the emotions of that character, and then all of a sudden your phone rings, and like a bubble burst, you're not in the zone anymore. I was part of that character. I was in that scene of the book. And then I get on the phone, and I start talking to whomever. All right, okay, well, I'll call you later. And I hang up, and now I can't get back into the book. I was in the zone. Reading is a pipeline to the zone. And if you want to be the best student you can be, and if you want to raise the best students that you can raise, uh, reading is a pipeline to the zone. Uh, Not television, uh, although you can get in the zone in TV, and you can get in the zone definitely in movies, but reading really is that one zone experience. Also, so is music. Uh, The more you can get your kids in the zone right now, the easier it will be for them to be in the zone once school officially is here. And, of course, we always go out with a score check. Now, you know, I want to remind you one more time that the survey is right there. really want you to get that bonus episode. It's one of my favorite things we've ever recorded for the Jim Fannin Show. But one of the pieces of feedback we got was just ask, you know, how are you doing with your score check? And over 50% of people said, you know, I'm about halfway there or I want to start and I'm not doing a regular score check. And the way to fix that is, well, we're going to start right now. You just got to do it. Set the alarm on your phone. And, you know, as Jim's talked about, you need to be doing this multiple times a day. This has been a huge change in my life. I no longer see a day that is packed to the gills as a day that's going to be successful because there's no room to reboot. There's no room to check on my S-C-O-R and E. And so, you know, if you listen to the show for a little bit and you haven't got there yet, that's okay. We're, we're going to help you get there right now. Uh, we always go out the same way because you need this every single week as we pull up to and, the and, Zone and Cafe. And it's the first episode that you've ever listened to. In 1974, I discovered, I didn't create, I discovered five markers that are affixed to natural body chemistry, natural chemicals in your body. And these five markers create your overarching attitude. And I also discovered I interviewed 100 world champions and asked one question, so why are you great? All 100, in some form or another, said the following. I had a vision. I had a dream. It woke me up in the morning and tucked me in bed at night. And I fleshed it out and had strategy and tactics. And I stuck to it. Well, what they were describing was self-discipline, the only form of discipline. And I know when you are disciplined, uh, the chemical of cortisol will start flooding through the bloodstream. And it'll bring you into the present tense of what you're doing, self-discipline. It's first in the SCORE success system chain, the SCORE chain. That's the first marker. Second was concentration. That produces glycogen. That narrows your focus. Single-minded person that has high concentration does one task at a time, finishes it. You know, doesn't have 50 balls up in the air. And that focus is very narrow, very well-defined, I might add. The third marker was optimism. That that governs confidence, self-esteem, trust, belief, expectancy. That uh, the routines you have and even the discipline that you've put in place, your blueprint, well, you have the confidence that it's going to manifest into its physical reality. And, uh, boy, endorphins flood through the bloodstream when you have a lot of optimism. Uh, 
And, th- and that's a great feeling to have. You have a feeling that nothing can go wrong. So if you're six feet tall, you feel six, eight. You feel great. The fourth marker was relaxation. That's breathing six to eight breaths a minute. Well, that's a, a lot different than the average person's 15 to 17 breaths a minute. But, you know, when you're relaxed, you have serotonin in the bloodstream. You feel peaceful. You feel calm. You're definitely not in a rush or a hurry. And there is this calming effect uh, that you have while chasing your dreams, your visions, and your goals. And then last, enjoyment. Well, now, now we got a little dopamine into the bloodstream. That puts a smile on your face, a little pep in your step, and maybe a little shot, if you will, of uh, not Jägermeister, but <laughs> adrenaline. And a little adrenaline uh, into the bloodstream, uh, that gives you a little giddy-up, you know, and a, a little pep in your step. And, and you really have more passion for meeting challenges. In fact, challenges are just little bus stops that you're stopping at, fixing them and overcoming them and going around them or under them or over them uh, as you go to your next uh, uh, milestone or or, or your next uh, 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 challenge in your life. You got to love what you do. You got to do what you love. So at the Zone Cafe, we're we're cooking up S-C-O-R-E. Use these five intangible self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, and enjoyment. Use them as self-awareness tools. On one hand, five fingers, S, do I need self-discipline? We're cooking it up. We got a big slab of discipline. All you got to do is order it. It may fix it right now because you're going to start thinking more about your vision, more about your goals, and more about the pathway to those goals. If that's what you need, stop right there, take it, and drive away and apply it. But maybe you have a blueprint, but things aren't happening for you. Well, maybe you're trying to do too much. Maybe you got too much going on. Uh, maybe you got too many goals. And I've seen so many people with a to-do list that is, you know, pages. I'm like, what is that? That's not a way to live life. The best way to live life is have a simple blueprint, focus on what matters, and then be in the moment. Spend 80% of your waking hours in the moment focusing on what matters. And obviously, people around you, that's what matters. So if you need that concentration, we got a bucket of concentration. Take it with you, narrow your focus, and do one task at a time. But maybe, maybe you've had some doubts. Maybe you've had a setback. Um, maybe you started thinking negative. Maybe your visualization was seeing what, what you don't want. When you might need some optimism, that belief and expectancy that the task that you set up, no rules, will lead to goals and ultimately to your dream. So if you need optimism, We've got a lot of optimism cooking. That, that kind of holds everything together. That's the glue that really connects everything about you. And you exude that or you don't. So if you need optimism, take that away from the Zone Cafe. But maybe you need to chill out. Maybe you're organized. Maybe you're a little anal. Maybe you're trying too hard. Maybe you need to step back and take a deep breath or two. 
Maybe you need to turn your brain off and take a micro vacation. Maybe you need to take a long vacation. Maybe you need to chill out a little bit. Maybe you need to just breathe. (sighs) We've got a giant smoothie drink of relaxation. That purposeful calm will now come into play with some relaxation. And that purposeful calm, that's what the zone is. But you might need the calm more than the purpose. If that's what you need, take a deep breath. Seth will put that out the drive-up window. And you can walk away with breathing six to eight breaths. Don't forget, you can always remind yourself, set your alarm every two hours, 8 a.m., 10 a.m., 12 noon, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10. Set your alarm, and when it goes off, relax and breathe. If you need relaxation, maybe you need to incorporate your phone to help you remind you to chill out and relax. It's not all working hard. It's not all trying to climb to the top, the apex of the mountain. No, you got to smell the roses, you got to relax, and you got to breathe. But maybe, maybe you're not having fun. Maybe you're working too hard. Maybe you're spending too many hours at the office. Maybe you're burning the candle at both ends. We know that's not a successful uh, pathway for anyone to be on. So what do you need? Maybe you need some laughter. Maybe you need to go to a comedy club. Maybe you need to (laughs) hang out with funny people. Maybe you just need to love what you do and do what you love. Go in and play the piano. You don't know how to play the piano? Go take lessons and learn music. That can put a bounce in your step. I'm always dancing to commercials. My wife thinks I'm nuts, but you know what? (laughs) I'm the one with a happy face. Can I dance? Who cares? I'm dancing anyway. You got to laugh, Seth, every single day. So if you need enjoyment, we got a happy meal for you. And not only eat that happy meal, pass it on. Get other people to laugh. S-C-O-R-E. This makes up your overall attitude. You're only as strong as the weakest link. What do you need, Seth? You know what? I I know that there's a big change coming to my life. My wife and I are going to be parents here in about 65 days. And wow, the, count, <laughs> wow, the countdown started. You know? 65 days. So we're getting a little relaxation in while we can. We're going to a water park later this week, and we're just going to float on the lazy river for about six consecutive hours. So I'm just going to breathe out. Cool drink of relaxation. How about you? Well, I'm um, I'm where I need to be. Balanced. I I am. Uh, So I'm going to ask for more self-discipline to help me stay there. I'm going to stay disciplined, not too disciplined, to keep the balance. When you're aware of being in the zone, you may not be in it. Uh, You could definitely be on the way out of it. And and I'm where I need to be right now. So my discipline is going to help me do a regular score check to make sure I'm doing one before every performance, every speech I give, every meeting I have. And I've made up my mind, I'm not going to have a day that I haven't already had. What does that mean? That means tonight when I go to sleep, tomorrow, 
I'm going to see a zone day. And if you want zone days of a purposeful calm, they don't have to be great days where you brought in a million dollars into your company. But a zone day is that purposeful calm day when everything is synchronized. And um, if there's a challenge, ah, you just meet it. You just meet the challenge. But it doesn't knock you off your pathway of where you want to be. So, um, yeah, I'm going to make sure that I'm visualizing every day the greatest day I've ever had. And I, I've been on this quest. I, I'm about 24,000 days in a row. So I need to remind myself every now and then, keep it going. Never have a day you haven't already had. I'm going to get myself a little more shot of self-discipline so that I can remain there positive, happy, Giving, balanced. Be in the zone, everybody. You manage these five markers, self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, and enjoyment, and you get them at a high level, and they're all balanced. Collectively, these markers will take you into a zone state where you physically, mentally, are at your best. And the zone? Seth, it's the only place to be in the zone. Be in the zone, everybody. Have an awesome week. And don't forget, share the knowledge. Share this experience. There is someone in your life that needs self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, or enjoyment so that they can get to their next level. Help them out. Give them a helping hand. The greatest gift that you can give is the gift of positive thought. Pass it on, everybody. Be in the zone. It's the only place to be. This is a Leveling the Playing Field Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Her name's Janet Marie Smith. She's the Senior VP of Planning and Development for the Los Angeles Dodgers. I was struck when the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004 for the first time in, um, I think what was it, 86 years. And how many letters we got. I mean letters, not emails. Mm-hmm. But how many letters we got and what a high percentage of them had in the first paragraph something about first baseball game with fill in the blank, a mother, a father, a grandmother, a grandfather, an uncle, a best friend, a coach, a teacher, a, someone meaningful in their life. You know, that it, it made you realize what an important forum it is for that kind of bonding. And, and conversely, how often we use baseball as a place for that bonding. Leveling the Playing Field with Bobby Sue Doyle Hazard can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.